Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be episode 147 of The Informed Catholic of 2020. I have here an article by Father Dwight Longnecker. He's a Catholic priest, author, and speaker on priest and politics. Okay. If you like my podcast, please subscribe and share. Uh, I don't have any advertisements, so, uh, you know, just if you can, it will be a great help. Another thing is, uh, let's start with a prayer, okay? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, Guardian of the Church and Terror of Demons, pray for us. St. Thomas More, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. And St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle against evil. Amen. All right. So, uh, on priests and politics, let's begin. Once again, the United States of America is bitterly divided country going into presidential election. And once again, the Catholic Church reflects the same divide. One of the things that adds to the confusion, the controversy and the fun is the weird American idea that A, we all have freedom of speech and B, that priests and pastors are supposed not to talk about politics. At least this is the perception and of course those who are most strict about priests not speaking about politics are those who are annoyed when a priest speaks out against their favorite politician or party. My own political party is the Marciotto party. Marciotto is the character in Romeo and Juliet who curses a plague upon both your houses. Therefore, when I've written in the past, exposing Donald Trump's fraudulent past, his immature braggart stuttering, his playboy lifestyle, his history of crooked business deals, his wealth built on casinos and strip joints, and his essential lack of any qualifications for the job of president. I've had gung-ho Trump supporters tell me to shut up and mind your own business and stay out of politics. <laughs> Likewise, when I poke fun at the fake Catholic Joe Biden, a man who boasts of his Catholicism publicly, but officiates at gay weddings and openly supports abortion. A man whose nearly 50 years in politics seems only to have served to enrich himself and his family as they all put their snouts in the throw. A man whose intellectual dullness is only exceeded by his own phony charm. I've had Democrats tell me, hey, shut up and mind your own business. Many priests and pastors shut up and keep their nose out of politics. I don't find anyone suggesting that the courageous pastor Bonhoeffer, 
who participated in a failed attempt to assassinate Adolf Hitler should have stayed out of politics. No one suggests that Father Jerzy uh, Pabliesko, the Polish priest, beaten and killed by communist thugs, should have stayed out of politics. I don't hear anyone saying that Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. should have stayed home and been content to teach Sunday school. Priests and pastors should get involved in politics. But when they do, they should remember Bonhoeffer, Pobliusko, and, and King, not to mention St. Thomas Beckett, St. John Fisher, St. Oscar Romero, and the host of others who could name who, who we could name who got involved in politics. <clears throat> How about Jesus Christ, our Lord? Okay, the most reviled Johnson Amendment doesn't actually say priests and pastors should shut up and stick to religion. Here is the exact wording. Article 3. Corporations and any community chest fund or foundation organized and operated exclusively for religious, charitable, scientific testing for public safety, literary or educational purposes, or to foster national or international am um, amateur sports competition, but only if no part of its activities involve the provision of athletic facilities or equipment or for the prevention of cruelty to children or animals. No part of the net earnings of which ensures to benefit or any private shareholder or individual. No substantial part of the activities of which is carrying on propaganda or otherwise attempting to influence legislation except or otherwise provided in uh, subsection H, which does not participate in or intervene in including the publishing or distributing of statements or any political campaign on behalf or in opposition to any candidate for public life. Didn't say anything about religion. Let's see here. It should only mean that charities and churches may not participate or intervene in political campaign. People have extended to, extended to mean that priests and pastors should not speak up and be involved in politics at all. Recently, the Jesuit Father Thomas Reese violated the Johnson Amendment by openly campaigning for Joe Biden. Father Altman published a video denouncing Biden and supporting Trump. I think they should be free to do so. However, when we speak about politics, we should focus on policies, not personalities. We should speak firmly about Catholic teaching and Catholic values, but we don't have to sling mud and we don't need to condemn individuals or whole groups of people. The idea that priests and pastors are supposed to shut up and mind their own business and not speak about politics is ridiculous. This is exactly part of our ministry and our 
president for being the conscience of a nation goes right back to the John to John the Baptist and the whole tradition of the Old Testament prophets. To use the prophets as an example, however, is to indicate our own main role as preachers. Priests, pastors, and prophets, I believe, are our main role is to point out the issues and to highlight faults and failings of our leaders. They have enough people endorsing them, throwing money at them, whitewashing their faults, covering up their mistakes, and portraying them as the world's savior. What they need more, most of all is just what priests and pastors can provide, the critical voice, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. They need to hear the gospel message loud and clear as an antidote to the candidate poison of political utopianism. We are told we're not to endorse or campaign for particular candidates or party. That's okay. The fact of the matter is we don't need to name any particular party or politician. Let's simply allow them to speak for themselves. Can a Catholic support a politician or party that supports abortion? What do you think? Here's the official Catholic teaching on the subject of abortion. Uh, this is, I think, from Catechism of the Catholic Church, Article 22, verse 70 to, I'm sorry, Article 2270 to 2275. Human life must be respected and protected absolutely from the moment of conception. From the first moment of his existence of, of his existence, a human being must be recognized as having the right of a person of a person, among which is the in, inviolable right of every innocent being being to life. Since the first century of the church has affirmed the moral evil of every pure court abortion, this teaching has not changed and remains unchangeable. Direct abortion that is to say, abortion willed either as an end or a means is gravely contrary to the moral law. You shall not kill the embryo by abortion and shall not cause the newborn to perish. God, the Lord of life, has entrusted to men the noble mission of safeguarding life and men must carry it out in a manner worthy of themselves. Life must be protected with the utmost care from the moment of conception, abortion and infanticide are abominable crimes. Formal, cooperate, uh, formal cooperation in an abortion constitute a grave offense. The church attaches the canonical penalty of excommunication in the crime against human life. A person who procures a, com or a completed abortion incures excommunication Latate sentiente by the very commission of the offense and the subject to the conditions of provided by canon law. The church does not thereby intend to restrict the scope of mercy. Rather, she makes clear the gravity of the crime committed, the irre irreparable harm done to innocent who put death as well as to the parents and the whole of society. The inalienable right of, to life of every innocent human individual is constitutive element of civil society and its legislation. The inalienable rights of the person must be recognized and respected by civil society and the political authority. 
These human rights depend neither on a single individual nor on parents, nor do they represent a concession made by society and the state. They belong to human nature and are inherent in the person by virtue of the creative act from which the person took his origin. Among such fundamental rights, one should mention in the regard every human being's right to life and physical integrity from the moment of conception until death the moment a positive law deprives category of human beings of the protection which civil legislation ought to occur to them the state is denying the equality of all before the law when the state does not place its power or at the service of the rights of each citizen and in particular of the more vulnerable the very foundations of a state based on law or undermine are undermined as a consequence of the respect of protection which must be ensured for the unborn child from the moment of conception the law must provide appropriate and penal sanctions for every deliberate violation of a child's rights can we continue since it must be treated from conception as a person, the embryo must be defended in its integrity, cared for and healed as far as possible like any other human being. Parental diagnosis is morally licit if it respects the life and integrity of the embryo and the human fetus and is directed towards its safeguarding or healing as an individual. It is gravely opposed to the moral law when this is done with the thought of possibly inducing an abortion. Depending upon the results, a diagnosis must not be the equivalent of a death sentence. One must hold as licit procedures carried out on the human embryo, which respects the life and integrity of the embryo and do not involve disproportionate risks for it, but are directed toward its healing, the improvement of its condition of health or its individual survival. <clears throat> it is immoral to produce human embryos intended for exploitation as disposable biological material. Certain attempts to influence cro uh, chromosomic or genetic in uh, <clears throat> inheritance are not therapeutic, but are aimed at producing human beings selected according to sex or other predetermined qualities, such as manipulations or are contrary to the personal dignity of the human being and his integrity and identity, which are unique and unrepeatable on the issue of abortion this is the democratic party platform okay i just read to you the catholic moral law the catholic view understanding of about abortion why abortion is wrong now i'm about to read to you on the issue of abortion this is the democratic party platform this is father lonnecker what he's presenting here Democrats are committed to protecting and advancing reproductive health rights and justice. We believe unequivocally 
like the majority of Americans, that every woman should be able to access high-quality reproductive health care services, including safe and legal abortion. We will reappeal the Title X, uh, X domestic gag rule and restore federal funding for Planned Parenthood, which provides vital preventive and reproductive health care uh, for millions of people, especially low-income people and people of color and LGBTQ plus people, including undeserved areas. All right, let me stop here. Notice that they're speaking for everybody. They say every American believes this. A majority of every American we believe unequivocally like the majority of all Americans. That's not true. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. They're saying the majority of every Americans. That's that's literally taking my right to speak out. And I know there's a lot of women that don't believe that. So they know they're they're, they're crossing the line there. Democrats oppose and will fight to overturn federal and state laws that create barriers to reproductive health and rights. We will reappeal the Hyde Amendment and protect and codify the right to reproductive freedom. We condemn acts of violence, harassment, and intimidation of reproductive health providers, patients, and staff. We will address the dis discrimination and barriers that inhabit meaningful access to reproductive health care services, including those based on gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, race, income, disability, geography, and other factors. Democrats oppose restrictions on medication abortion care that are in, 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 inconsistent with most recent medical and scientific evidence and that do not protect public health. I hope I pronounced that correct, correctly. This is from the Republican Party platform carried over for, <clears throat> from 2016. We oppose the use of public funds to perform or promote abortion or to fund organizations like Planned Parenthood so long as they provide or refer, to, refer for elective abortions or sell fetal body parts rather than provide health care. We urge all states in Congress to make it a crime to acquire, transfer, or sell fetal tissues from elective abortions for research. And we call on, con call on Congress to enact a ban on any sale of fetal body parts. In the meantime, we call on Congress to ban the practice of misleading women on so-called fetal harvesting constant form of uh, forms or fact revealed by a 2015 investigation we will not fund or subsidize health care that include abortion coverage we support the appointment of judges who respect traditional family values and the sanctity of innocent human life we oppose the non-consensual withholding withdrawal of care or treatment, including food and water from individual with disabilities, newborns, the elderly, or the infirm, just as we oppose euthanasia and assisted suicide. We affirm our moral obligation to assist rather than penalize. 
women who face an unplanned pregnancy. In order to encourage women who face an unplanned pregnancy to choose life, we support legislation that requires financial responsibility for the child to be equally borne by both the mother and the father upon conception until the child reaches adulthood. Failure to require a father to be equally responsible for a child places an unequitable burden on the mother, creating a financial and social hardship on both mother and child. We celebrate the millions of Americans who open their hearts, homes, and churches to mothers in need and women facing uh, fleeing abuses. We thank and encourage providers of counseling medical services, adoption assistance for empowering women experiencing an unintended pregnancy to choose. Life, we support funding for ultrasounds and adoption assistance. We salute the many states that now protect women and girls through laws requiring informed consent, parental consent, waiting periods, and clinic regu- uh, clinical regulations. We condemn the Supreme Court's active activists' decision on the whole women's health versus health strikes, striking down common sense Texas laws providing for basic health and safety standards in abortion clinics. We applaud the U.S. House of Representatives for leading the effort to add enforcements to the Born Alive Infant Protection Act by passing the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, which imposes, appropriates, and uh, civil and criminal penalties on health care providers who fail to provide treatment and care to an infant who survives an abortion, including early induction or delivery, whether the death of the infant is intended. We strongly oppose infanticide. Over a dozen states have passed pain-capable unborn child protection acts prohibiting abortion after 20 weeks, the point at which current and medical research shows that unborn babies can feel excruciating pain during abortion, and we call on Congress to enact federal uh, the federal version. Not only is it good legislation, but it enjoys the support of a majority of American people. We support state and federal efforts against the, the cruelest form of abortion, especially dismemberment abortion procedures, in which unborn babies are literally torn apart limb from limb. We call on Congress to ban sex selection abortions and abortions based on disabilities. Discrimination in its most lethal form. We oppose embryonic stem cell research. We oppose federal funding of embryonic stem cell research. We support adult stem cell research and urge the restoration of the National Placental Stem Cell Bank created by President George H. W. Bush, but up abolishes by the abolished by the Democrats' successor, President Bill Clinton. We oppose federal funding for having embryos and call for a ban on human cloning. The Democratic Party is extreme on abortion. Okay, let me stop there for a minute. All right, let's get back. Uh, I was getting a lot of noise outside my window. Uh, there's a lot of work going on in the neighborhood. 
Anyway, uh, the Democratic Party is extreme on abortion. Abortions almost limitless. Uh, limitless uh, for the Democrats. This is what it continues here. Support for abortion and their strident opposition to even the most basic restrictions on abortion put them dramatically out of step with the American people because of their opposition to simple abortion clinic safety procedures, support for taxpayer-funded abortion, and rejection of pregnancy resources centers that provide abortion alternatives. The old Clinton mantra, safe, legal, and rare, has been reduced to just legal. We are proud to be the party that protects human life and offers real solutions for women. It is clear what the Catholic Church teaches. It is clear what each party supports. I'm not telling you what to vote for. You choose. But is it that easy? In this article, the Jesuit Father Reese, who is a Biden supporter, makes a point. He says politics is messy business and you may not agree with a candidate's views or particular party platform, but you can vote for that person or party as long as you're not supporting whatever position they hold, which is in inimical to Catholic teaching. So far, so Father Reese quotes Catholic bishop guidelines. A Catholic cannot vote for a candidate who favors a policy promoting an intrinsically evil act, such as abortion, euthanasia, assisted suicide, deliberately subjugating workers, workers or the poor to subhuman living condition, redefining marriage in ways that violate its essential meaning, or a racist behavior. If the voter's intent is to support the, that position, in such cases, a Catholic would be guilty of formal cooperation in grave evil. At the same time, a voter should not use a candidate's opposition to an intrinsic evil to justify indifference or in, uh, in intentiveness to other important moral issues involving human life and dignity. dignity. Then the Jesuit goes on. First, it is noteworthy that besides abortion, euthanasia, assisted suicide, and gay marriage, the, bishop also the bishops also list as intrinsically evil policies deliberately subjugating workers or the poor to subhuman living conditions, as well as policies promoting racist behavior. A liberal interpretation of this text opens the door to a wide range of Catholic social teaching than just abortion and gay marriage. Second, the if clause is very important. A Catholic is not is in trouble only if the voter intent is to support the position. So Catholic Republicans can vote for Trump if his policies are if his uh, sorry, Catholic Republicans can vote for Trump even if his policies promote racism or or subject human immigrants to human to subhuman living conditions as long as the voter intent is not to support those positions and a catholic democrat can vote for biden even if his policies promote abortion and gay marriage as long as the voter is intent is not to support those positions 
in Catholic theology intention, why are you doing something, is, is an essential to an understanding of the morality of an action. Father Reese's article sounds plausible, but we should think it through, uh, through further. It seems to me that he is being perhaps judicial. <laughs> this is a logical fallacy called false equivalency. Father Reese is a Jesuit. He should know better. We need to ask, are abortion and racism of equal importance? For, but first of all, do the Republican policies actually specifically promote racist behavior? Which one? Do Republicans' policies actually specifically support subjugating workers or the poor to subhuman living conditions? Really? Which explicitly stated Republican policies do this? That might be the unintended result of their policies, but their policies do not specifically call for racism or poor or poor living conditions. And as Father Reese points out, it is the intent that really matters, right? The democratic policies, on the other hand, specifically and pointedly support, so support, promote, and fund the intrinsic evil of abortion up to the point of birth. This is not the side effect of one of their policies. This is, this is their policy. Furthermore, Father Reese, who is a very smart person and ought to be able to make such distinctions, seems unable to affirm that the taking of the innocent life of the unborn child by dismemberment in his mother's womb is greater moral obscenity than poor living conditions and racism. Poor living conditions and racism are questions of quality of life, important questions to be sure, but abortion is a matter of life and death. Do I need to denounce Joe Biden and the Democrats and name them specifically? I don't need to. They speak for themselves. Okay. That I thought was good. I am so glad I did this. I think I might have to do this again uh, because um, I think Father Longnecker gave... I, I like him. I like him. Again, God bless him. He's a good priest. Uh, that was fantastic. We read it. We saw what the platforms are. I was going to do one on something different, but this was good. This was very good. Again, this makes it quite clear. Um, really, it's good. It's very good. You see, once you do your research, once you do your research, you can get you you are a high information voter now think about it carefully what about the platform for let's say the democrats supporting open borders now when they say they support open borders they they, they know pretty well that people are going to be wondering how these people are going to take care of themselves when they come here if they are illegal aliens well they solve the problem by putting a Band-Aid on it, by, let's say, giving them health care and providing them welfare, providing them uh, that, which would, which would basically mean they're going to have to tax people, right? They're going to have to tax people. Now, do you think they're going to tax Amazon? Do you think they're going to tax uh, Google? No, 
they're probably going to tax them, but they won't tax them as much as they tax us. Because we, you know, they're gonna they're gonna look they're gonna use uh, tax law policies to get away get get around it, and that's exactly what they do. So that means they're going to uh, cut back on your social security that, uh, for the elderly. That means they they also tax the elderly. Did you know that they tax the elderly's retirements? That's another big problem. I think that's wrong. They tax the elderly a lot. They know there's a lot of elderly people with retirement uh, pensions and everything, and they're going to tax them. And these people worked all their lives. They pay taxes all their lives. And then you're going to tax them very high taxes? You see, that's the thing. They have to figure out a way to get the money. They want low, cheap labor. And they never really solved the problem down the road, like the DACA thing. Obama was supposed to solve it, but what did he do? He wound up kicking it down the the can down the road. Sorry for the noise outside. He kicks the can down the road because the Democrats didn't want him to solve the DACA program because the idea was to help Hillary get elected. Okay? To help Hillary get elected. But then again, Hillary didn't get elected, did she? Now, Donald Trump wants to solve the DACA program because he doesn't want the DACA program to continue down the road. He wants to help those kids, those kids who were born here by illegal parents. The Democrats don't want him to solve that problem. You see, the idea is you give the people a little something, but you don't give them everything. Just enough that they keep coming back. That's their solution. Okay, I'm going to end it here. I'm glad we did this. Uh, we're going to visit this article again in the future. Okay, because I think this is an important article. I think the platforms are important for us. All right, God bless, and we'll be back together again soon.